We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jowson here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, and um, what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the dating trend after COVID. Let's go back in time a bit. 2019, November or so, when the show started, yeah, we heard about it. 2020, it became more serious. We had to take some preemptive measures in order to protect ourselves. So what does this mean? <clears throat> there was a surge in online dating. There were people using dating apps, Match Hinge, OkCupid, Tinder. They all saw spikes in their numbers, in their usage. Now, what is transition from this? <clears throat> We have what is called FODA by some people who were traditionalists who were accustomed to only meeting people in person. FODA is FODA, fear of dating again. These are people who traditionally dated by meeting people through other sources, whether family members or friends, and now they're at a point where they're saying, you know what? I want to play it safe. Now, Here's some of the trends that were born out of the COVID era. An increase of around 50 plus percent in people that are doing video dating. In other words, what people are doing now, they're using video interactions as a way of filtering and screening people before they exchange phone numbers, before they exchange email addresses or anything else. Now. This is very important for you out there on the dating scene because what that's, what this means is that if you are not able to connect through video now, a lot of people are not even giving you a chance. And this has increased to about 53% of match users, I believe, and about a little bit over 50% of hinge users and about 40% of Tinder users. This also has another two-fold method. It gets rid of a lot of the scammers. The individuals that want you to go to other apps, want you to send them pictures, those kinds of things, those guys are going by the wayside quickly because people are now a little bit more sophisticated and they are not going for any shenanigans. Now, another thing that's actually a trending ever since 2020 People are more intentional in their dating practices. So what you're finding now, fewer time wasters, fewer people out there playing games. And the reason for this is because now people have had an awakening. They've had a reckoning and they realize how precious life is. So they're not going to jeopardize themselves by going out and just willy-nilly getting with anybody and hoping for the best. Those days are 
fading in the wayside, going in the rearview mirror. These people are dating with purposes now. Now, even though you still have a considerable amount of people out there who are emotionally unavailable, what's happening instead is that people are now looking for more qualified candidates to date. And they have tightened and hardened their standards, their requirements, and what they will and will not tolerate. They realize that time is too short for them to procrastinate, for them to wait on people to get themselves together, to wait on situations to pan out. And what's happening, more and more people are taking snapshots of individuals emotionally when they start to interact with them. Now, there is a side effect of this. Some people who know this are now becoming more reluctant to tell the truth about themselves up front. Believe it or not, there's been a 43% increase in people. In one study I looked at, I believe it's on Tinder, where people have now decided to be more upfront and honest about their situation. This also holds true on many of the other dating sites. Because what's happening now is more and more people are realizing that, hey, before I spend money on someone and spend a lot of money on them, taking them out to five-star restaurants, as a lot of these women still want some guys to do, they're like, no, guess what? Let me get to know you first to see whether or not you deserve a five-star restaurant at some point. You know what's rather interesting? I was talking to my girlfriend today, and we were talking about this very same subject. She said she had never been to a four-star or five-star restaurant before. But she didn't say it in a sense of wanting to go there. I brought up the conversation because that's what I was accustomed to going to, just by myself alone. And so I told her, I said, well, one day, this is what we're going to have to do. There are a few restaurants here in town we're going to have to check out. Spoggles, of course. The Golden Steer is kind of like uh, old but new in a way. We might take a look at that. Delilah's, or at the Wynn Casino. And what we're going to do is get to a point where it's not necessarily going to be a standard, but what it's going to be is going to be a thank you in the relationship. In other words, thanking her for being my woman. She didn't demand it, so guess what she's going to do? She's going to get it because she deserves it. That's the difference. Because, ladies, when a man feels as though you deserve something, trust me, he is going to make efforts in order for that to be fulfilled. Now, she was practical, and she's like, well, you know, we don't have to do all of that. You don't have to impress me. I said... It's not about impressing you. It's about thanking you. It's about celebrating you. You're my partner. I'm going to treat you like I would treat myself. And that's what it includes. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, mind you, we've only been dating since January 3rd of this year. But during that time, we had a chance to really build. And we have our differences for sure. But we're working with them. And we're working on them. This weekend, we went to the gym. Worked out for about several, I think an hour or two. 
And I hadn't touched weights since, oh my gosh, since the 1990s. And I'm sore, I'll admit that, but I got the upper body going now, and we're going to do this on a regular basis. We walked two miles today, as an example. And it was all to the good. It brought us closer, and we bonded. Now, here's the thing. What we also did was we realized what was important between the two of us as far as things to establish for the future. This is what a lot of people are doing on their trending now when it comes to dating. They're doing away with the BS. They're letting you know up front what they're about, what they're looking for, and they're taking no prisoners. Now, here's the thing that I would strongly advise you ladies not to do. Don't hold back any kind of baggage that you have that's going to be something that you have to present later. You need to present that as close to the front as possible in order not to waste your time or their time. Because if you don't, I'm going to tell you. These people will be leaving you like crazy. They had a 20% decline on Hinge when it came down to ghosting. People are getting a lot more serious now. They're starting to interact. They're starting to let people know whether or not they're compatible. And they're acting accordingly. They're not, wait, they're not waiting around and saying, let's see how it goes or let's see how things work out. They want to hedge the bet towards the relationship working before they get involved. Now, that's a very difficult thing for some people to do because some of you go in emotionally and you're going to give this person all kind of leeway and then try to see whether or not things are going to work. The only thing I would tell you, be careful on that because you'll wind up spending months, even years, trying to see whether or not that's going to come to fruition. Don't put yourself in that kind of situation unless you're sure that there's a possibility the relationship's going to manifest, that it's going to work. The worst thing I'd hate to see you do is sit there, waste your time, and then have a whole bunch of resentment based on that. Now, another thing. When it comes down to establishing establishing certain standards, many people are working on those standards prior to going out on these dating sites. They're starting to document the things that they can and cannot accept. Now, once again, for those of you who are new to listening, let me just give you some standards that would help you. Take for instance, if they're a smoker. Now, here's the thing. If you choose to have a person that does not smoke in your life, stick by that rule. Don't bend it. If you prefer no pets, no children, stick by those rules. Don't bend them. Because the only thing you're doing when you go against your standards, you're putting yourself in a position where you could become so tolerant that you wind up in a situation that you really didn't sign up for. So you want to have that focus. I know it sounds fundamental, and I know many of you are saying, well, you already know that. But you'll be surprised how many people know it, but guess what they do? They lower the standards. The person that you're going to lower your standards for, and we always do this when we're dating someone, make sure they're worth lowering the standards. This, is, this means that when you vet them, you're trying to find these things out. 
common questions you would ask when it comes to vetting. Hey, tell me about yourself. I want to know about you in the sense about your sense of humor. I want you to tell me about your family life, your background. Could you expound on that a bit? Do you have any sisters, parents, grandparents, those kind of things? You want to have more of a wholesome feel. You're trying to get a feel on how this person interacts with others. Person says, well, I don't want to talk about my mom or my dad. I hate them. Or they weren't shit or whatever. That is an indicator to you as to what you may be contending with. Now, there are some people who may have had a bad experience with their parents. And what they would want to do is to express that love to your parents. There's a possibility that that can come about as well. And these are things you have to be mindful of. Make mental notes to yourself. Also, you want to know things like favorite color, zodiac sign. I know it sounds corny, but that does help you. In the sense that that gives you a concept of some of the things that may fall in line with that person's character personality. Other things you can look at when you start asking them questions about, well, tell me also, how do you think your friends perceive you? Oh, everything's going on. How do you like your job? Oh, I love my job. So and so and so and so. Oh, cool. How long have you been doing your job? Oh, I've been doing so. Is it a passion of yours? These are questions that you would ask because what you're trying to do is get a concept of the person. This is what people are looking for now when they vet people for dating. They're looking at their personal portfolio as a human being with their qualities and their character. So do you like working out at the gym? Yeah, okay, how often do you work out? Oh, I work out so and so and so and so. Follow-up questions. You're not interrogating them. Get that out of your head. What you're doing is you're trying to find this information to see how compatible you guys could be, really be. So I see that uh, you're Catholic. Are you a practicing Catholic? Or are you one of these people that occasionally go and practice? Uh, you go. Now, a lot of times we don't talk about politics, right? Religion and politics are two things that you leave off the burner. Well, you say, well, how are you? Are you more of a liberal, moderate, conservative? Don't say Republican or Democrat. Usually, people don't like to be pegged in those two parties. They might say they're libertarian or whatever. Okay, that's fine. You just want to get a view of their philosophy, of how they believe. You want them to tell you things about them outside of the material stuff. Because that is what's not trending anymore. That trended before 2019, but now people are looking for more substance in the person, especially Gen Z's, Gen Z people. They're looking for more character-based aspects of you. Oh, so I see you have children. How many do you have? Oh, I have three. Boys or girls? Well, I have two boys and a girl. Oh, now after that, when you come down to asking about their names, the school they go to, their ages, you know, I don't feel comfortable about discussing my children right now out of due respect. I want to get to know you first and then 
after we have had a dialogue together, then, you know, I could bring the kids into it. Right now, I'm just trying to see whether or not we can really go forward. By telling a person this, whether you're a man or woman, you can tell her this, or tell him this. What this is doing is, it's establishing a priority. What you're doing now is, you're giving them your undivided attention on it. To try to find out whether or not this is going to be a good fit. But you're doing this in the throes of a casual conversation. You're not just going and just interrogating them. You're not putting a flashlight on their face and interrogating them. You're asking these questions in the flow of conversation. So what kind of foods do you like? What's your favorite? And they tell you, and you have an idea. And what that idea is for you fellas is this. When you ask her, what's your favorite food? Oh, I love Italian. You know, I have this wonderful Italian restaurant. And hopefully, you know, if you would like to, you can accompany me one evening and we can go and have dinner. In this way, what you're doing is you're gradually establishing a rapport with this person. Because what you want to do, especially with a woman, fellas, you want to make her feel comfortable with you, like she's talking to a friend. And I would definitely ask that question. So, um, I read that you are single. Have you been divorced or you've never been married? Oh, never been married. Oh, great, great, great. The reason why you're reviewing these things they have on their profile is to get verification and validation from them. It's coming out of their words. True enough, they put it there. But usually what people will write on their profile, guess what they'll have when you talk to them? An explanation for something that may not be clarified. This is all you're doing. So, as you're going along, I want you to tell me about the things that are really important to you without any kind of material, without talking about the job, or anything like that any kind of automobile or anything of that sort tell me about what's important to you what do you want out of life ambiguous question true enough what you're trying to do is to see where they're planning on going you've asked about their passion because you want to know what their purpose is in life and you can go and ask that so my life purpose is so and so what's yours oh my life purpose is X Y Z Okay. And then you probably ask, well, do you like, uh, what kind of movies do you like? Oh, well, I don't like horrors, I like romantic comedies. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I could deal with a romantic comedy, but I love uh, horror movies. Okay. And then, as a guy, usually most women don't like horror movies, there's something to do, of course. If they don't like horror movies, you can say, well, you know what? If we watch one, don't worry. I'll be there to protect you. The monster won't get you. Something of this sort to enforce reassurance. That security aspect. As you do this, she's going to feel more and more comfortable with you. We're going to talk more in just a minute about this and more.
Now, an important question for you ladies to ask. So, I see that you are in the, mostly your Las Vegas area, wherever. So, so what side of town are you in? Oh, I'm in so-and-so. Okay, that's not that far away. Ladies, the reason why you ask this question is because statistically, you're bound to geography. You prefer a place that's within driving distance. You can make a circle from your house on any map and draw a circle around that location and more than likely your bank, your job, your hospital and everything, doctor and everything is usually within that geographic area. So that will give you an idea as to whether or not you want to date someone based on geography because that's going to mean a lot. The further a person is away or farther I should say the person is away further emotionally, farther geographically. What that tells you right there is that it will also dictate your frequency in seeing that individual. Because see, there are certain things you have to measure. One is going to be the distance to travel to see each other. The other is going to be meetups and places you guys are going to meet, restaurants, venues, that kind of thing. The other aspect of it is scheduling as far as your job schedule. Take, for instance, here in Las Vegas, you have a 24-hour clock. So there are people that go into work at 3 p.m. and don't get off until midnight. So you have to think about it for a moment. Okay, if I'm working Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, 3 p.m. to midnight, that means I only have Monday and Wednesday off. And those split days off, they are a pain. And so you have to figure out how you guys are going to measure that. It may come down to one of you may have to take a day off in order to have a date. And so you have to figure out how you could do that as far as arranging schedules. These are things you will have to think about. Now, when it comes down to jobs, you don't have to be that specific about where you work, whether you're a man or a woman. Reason being is that in this initial stage, that person just needs to know what you do for an occupation and not necessarily where you work. They may want to know your schedule so that they can schedule around that time. The reason why you don't want to tell them where you work is because of one fundamental fact. They may just be overzealous and sure about your job and you're not ready for that just yet. The other thing to consider, if the two of you are really gelling pretty well, things are going pretty well, you can then decide on certain schedule changes such as, well, you get off at this time, I could meet you at this place at that time. Maybe we could have breakfast or something of that sort. You never know. You have the flexibility in order to work around that. Now, other topics in the conversation that you want to kind of handle a bit. Read their bio. There may be something in there that they really want to underscore and want to highlight. Don't be afraid to talk to them about that. Hey, you know what? I see you are very good with the guitar. I've always wanted to learn how to play the guitar. 
and ladies, this is a way into the man kind of showing you the ropes on something. This is the reason why, guys, you don't want to go in and do something that's too macho because she may be very feminine and that could be problematic. Depends on the woman. You have to fill her out to see exactly what she's into. I always tell you, read the profile of an individual before you contact them. Read it thoroughly. Make some notes. Understand, you can cut and paste in your notepad on your phone certain attributes that attracted you to that person. Now, it's not uncommon for a man or a woman to say, well, I'm just curious. Why did you initially contact me? Well, it's because I saw your profile and I like this, and I like that, and I like that, and I like that. It will make you look more comprehensive and more prepared when you're talking to that individual. And I say, oh, damn, they really read my profile. So now, with this, you're making that person feel more confident in your interest in them. And so they'll be a little bit more forthcoming. Now, other things that you could discuss in this uh, conversation. And you don't have to do this all in one setting. You can do it over a period of a week or a week and a half, two weeks. Well, you're getting a chance to know each other. Now, one thing that I would advise you on, do not get to a point where you're contacting this person on Monday and you don't talk with them until the next Monday. Out of sight, out of mind. The person will not take you seriously. Another thing, too, don't let marginal things become excuses for you. You know, (laughs) I have a friend of mine And he told a lady that he was talking to, he says, um, well, you know, I won't be able to do that Wednesday night because Wednesday she was free. He says, I won't be able to do that Wednesday night because what I'm going to do Wednesday night, I was planning on attending the seminar about pets. Here's the thing you have to understand. If you get to a point where that person perceives you as being too busy or your schedule's too full, they will automatically assume that you have no time for them. Women are very keen on this. And they're like, no, you know what? I was in a past relationship and my man didn't have time for me. I don't want this. Now see, women are very affirmative about this kind of behavior. If you don't have time for them, fellas, I will tell you this. It's not going to work. And same thing for you ladies, especially you Sagittarius. You have a habit of prioritizing meetings and everything else over meeting the person. Even though you want a relationship, sometimes you don't act like you do. And that's very important. You have to act like you're looking for a relationship as well. You have to be involved. You have to be coherent and attentive. If you choose to give a person your number or you choose to have a video chat with them, you want to be undisturbed. That means the kids need to be in their room or somewhere else because you're interacting with that person only. I know you love your kids, you love your pets, but guess what? Leave that as a reward if that person makes it through your vetting process to meet the kids, to meet the dogs and the pets and everyone else. Right now, 
Just focus on the two of you. That means don't have your sister there with you. Because some of you... (laughs) One guy wrote in, in particular. And I'm going to read his email. Because I thought this was very, very telling. Justin writes the following, out of Atlanta, Georgia. I met the smoking hot girl on Hinge. She was really my desired woman. There was only one problem that I saw. We video conference, and her sister was there with her. I'm sorry to say her sister is smoking hot compared to her. She's nice looking, but her sister was just so engaging. Her personality really made a good impression on me. The lady I was talking to, she was nice, but I could tell it was night and day between the two of them. I think I might have messed up because I started asking more questions to her sister, but I did it in a roundabout way, asking her sister about her. She didn't catch on, but the sister was definitely privy to what I was trying to do. She redirected me back to her sister and then told me it was nice meeting. I know now it's embedded in me. I want to try for the sister, and I know that's bad, and I was just wondering, do you think I'd have a chance at doing so at this stage? Justin, Atlanta, Georgia. Now I wrote Justin back, and basically what I told Justin was, I personally don't think it would be a good idea, but being that the, the sister has shown him some sort of uh, respect, she did that on the back of her sister, and so therefore for you to get involved with this sister of hers, it would not be a good look. It just wouldn't be. I thought the only thing he could possibly do is flatten out the friendship with this woman as a friend and then try to go for the sister being he hasn't made a commitment yet. But it happens. This is the reason why I say, ladies, in order to avoid conflict, in order to avoid it, don't do this. Because many of you do. And this is how you wind up with a confused guy. Now, same thing with you fellas, but most fellas don't have a guy hanging around when he's talking to a lady. And if you do, fellas, that's not a good look. You know, they had that friend in the background say, hey, you got any girlfriends? No. Mm Mm-mm. It's too amateurish. That's what my high school kid does. Now, another thing, too. With the video dating, Like I said, if you're not comfortable giving them your phone number, you can always get a Google Voice number, or you can go to TextMe and text.me or go to the app and just put in TextMe, and you can download the app, and it will give you a phone number. You can use that to communicate with them until you're kind of comfortable with uh, associating with this person. There's nothing wrong with that. And then when, when you are, then you can talk about exchanging real phone numbers. Other things that you may want to consider. A person who has recently gotten out of a relationship during this COVID era, 
understand one thing. Many of them are in different stages of recuperation. Some may have gone out on the dating scene too soon right after COVID. So they may be a little bit more fragile, a little bit more timid. They may not have the confidence and therefore they may be a little bit more skeptical. That's to be expected. What a video chat or video conference will do, it will ease that tension. Now I know a lot of people will go and want to have the lighting right, the makeup right, the hair right, and the outfit right and all that. That's all well and good. But one thing to remember, when you're doing a video chat, you're also inviting someone into your residence, which means you don't want anything visible that would kind of give your location away or give too much information in the background. In other words, you don't want to have things like college degrees hanging on the wall that people can actually read. Uh, you may not want to have certain things that are demonstratively establishing where you are physically. You just want to have a generic background where, you know, maybe you just have a wall and you're there talking to them. Because the focus is on the two of you, not on the ambience around you. Make sure your place is clean and don't do video chat in the bathroom. Yes, some of you ladies have actually done video conferencing while you're sitting on the toilet. I know some of you think that that's a provocative way. Look, it's not the way to go. I'm just telling you. Chaz out of Knoxville, Tennessee, writes the following. I met a girl on Tinder recently, and we were going to video chat. I made sure that the place was clean. I had on my hair and had it gelled. I was ready to go. I wear a toupee, and I let her know that in the beginning, so there was no surprises. When she fired up a video camera, she was sitting there on the toilet in the bathroom. And yes, I heard her relief herself. In a way, it sounded kind of kinky, and I got to the point that I couldn't control myself, and I asked her to lower the camera so I could see. At first, I think she was going to try to do that, then she caught herself. I was really hoping that she would go on and do me the deed and make me feel good. LOL. I might have come across like a jerk, but if I did, she'll probably get over it. Now, he wrote this because his expectation was that this woman was going to lower the camera to show her crotch while she's sitting on the toilet. This is what I'm talking about, ladies. Don't do this unless you are going to turn that corner with that fella. Just don't do it. Other things we'll talk about in a moment. Let's talk about the people who are usually 35 and over that have the fear of dating again, F-O-D-A, FODA. Now, why do people have this fear? They have this fear because they're still afraid that they can probably get the virus from another individual. They're more 
conservative, health conscious, they may be healthy, and they don't want to wind up sick. This is understandable. So these individuals are going to be more reserved, more skeptical, and they're going to be more definitive on their choices when it comes down to meeting someone. It may take longer for you to meet them. So on average, two weeks is when people would normally want to meet. This person may want to wait a month. They may want to get to know you a little bit better before they do this because they have to come out of their comfort zone, be comfortable with you, and they're going to be hyper-vigilant on a lot of things that you may present to them. But one thing that I strongly advise you to do is to be patient because these individuals will take their time. Because, see, what they're looking for is a better choice than they've had in the past. That's what you have to keep in mind. Now, it's best to be honest with them because these people are the type of folks that will Google you, they'll go on LinkedIn, Facebook, and they're going to check you out. They may go on Spokio or one of the other apps in order to find out more about you. Now, if there's anything on public record that they could find out that you think they may need to know, you should let them know. Such as if you have a felony. Such as if, uh, and I know a lot of people don't agree with that. They're saying, no, you're not. Tell them that later on. Nope. Because whether you tell them later on or now, if their standards are that they don't date felons, you're dropped. Because criminal history is one of the standards also people should have in mind. Now, again, that's flexible. Because what happens when you enter someone? You lower certain standards for them. You adjust them for them. Now, these people are looking for expectations. That's what they're setting their mind to. So they're not looking for nebulous responses. They're not looking for somebody with the maybes, possibly's, we'll see where it goes, coulda, woulda, shouldas. Now, one other thing that will definitely blow it for you. If you're one of these people that start out asking a person about would you be willing to relocate, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Asking a person this and just meeting them is not a good look on your part because they're going to think as though you have an agenda set for that individual. You don't want that. You want it where it's a little bit more um, fluid where you can go meet these people on your terms and then talk to them, get a chance to interact and know them well before you start talking about relocating or going on a trip with this person. The reason why I say this, let's take a look at Charmaine's email that she wrote me from Dallas, Texas. I met this guy in Boston. He's very nice. I'm 27. He's 38. He seems to have his own place, his own career in IT, and he's doing very well. Well, I work in IT as well. I'm not as advanced as he is. I just got out of school not too long ago with my bachelor's, so I'm still learning the ropes a bit. He wants me to relocate to Boston within a year. I told him I'd have to really think about it, and I asked him, why don't you come see me first? 
He rejected the idea, saying that his job doesn't require him to, doesn't, she got here, doesn't require, should be allowed, but doesn't require him to come to Texas for anything. I thought that was kind of odd, but from what I think, apparently he just wants me to come there and it's going to be a one-sided deal. I'm really thinking about him because I like him. We talked on the phone, we video chatted, but it's just something about him not being willing to come to Texas. And I just think that's strange. Jocelyn, what do you think about this arrangement? Charmaine, Dallas, Texas. And I wrote Charmaine back and told her, I personally don't think it's a good idea. There's a reason why he wants you in Boston. It's only obvious, but if he's not even going to going to venture out to visit you, that's a red flag. Here's why I say this. Ladies, a lot of times, men will want you to relocate for them, but they may be doing this for the benefit of their career, and your career may be in jeopardy. You have to make sure that there are a lot of things in place before you do this. Before you even do anything as far as moving, give yourself 18 months least to get to know this person interact with them but I told Charmaine there's no way in hell you should go to Boston if he can't come to you first now call me old-fashioned but I think that the man should always go to visit the woman first in that way she doesn't feel as though she's at a disadvantage again it's about making her feel comfortable that's what dating is about fellas her comfort level will allow you to have more benefits with her. Because if she's not comfortable with you, you don't get those benefits. And you might wind up working harder to get with her more so than somebody who takes on the role of making her more comfortable. That's just the way it goes. All right. Now, other things that may come up. If the person's very indecisive, they're all over the place talking about 50 different things at one time, you may want to try to slow them down and see if they can focus on one piece of the conversation at a time. You'd be surprised how many people they get nervous and that adrenaline pumps in and before you know it, they're all over the place. Sometimes you have to reel them back in because they're nervous and they're upset, they're kind of jittery and they're hoping they're doing a good job help them relax say hey you know what just be yourself just relax you know and when they hear that again the woman starts feeling comfortable because she's like okay well okay this is not a make or break moment I could let my hair down I could be myself now another thing about this as she feels comfortable video chatting with you she will then let you enter her some her idiosyncrasies. She'll probably cook a dish and show you what she likes. You can probably see how well she can cook. True enough, you can't taste it. But you'll have an idea of how she put things together. Now, other things that you guys can do. She could show you what she cooked for dinner. Take a picture of it and send it to you. Vice versa, or else, you know, show her on the video chat what you have as far as food. Very engaging. It can be. You guys may start talking about books that you've read. Or shows that you've seen, such as Game of Thrones or something of that sort. 
make some jokes and conversation about that. See, the whole thing is, is not to allow that person that's on the other end of the line to think they're wasting their time. That's what it's about. You're showing your interest. If she's distracted because the babies are crying in the background, she's cursing or whatever, fellas, that's not for you. Don't even waste your time. Because she's going to wait and keep doing that until she finds a guy that accepts it. It doesn't have to be you unless you're willing to sign up for that. And ladies, one thing that I will have to tell you time and time again, if you're going to try to be sexy and go into your bathroom and do the selfies or talk to the guy on video chat in the, in the bathroom, don't have your sex toys up on the table on the counter. I say this because some of you do. You've been so accustomed to living alone that it's second nature. Sounds odd, but it's true. Now, breaking the ice. In the same vein, there are some women who, and I've had this happen to me personally, that will actually show you their toys. And they do it in a bashful way, but usually this is after they've gotten a chance to know you a bit. Fellas don't get intimidated about the size of their dildo or vibrator, or if it's a double-headed one or whatever. That means that, yeah, they've been practicing a bit. So, one must count on her being ready for action when you're with her. Now, another thing too. If she starts talking sexually, fellas, let her do that. Let her come in with the sexual innuendos. See, when a woman starts talking about sex after she has chatted with you for a while or interacted with you for a while, that means that now she feels as though, okay, I could talk to this guy about things pertaining to me. And this will promote and advance that dialogue even further. But let her start with sex. Because when she's comfortable with you, that's when she's going to start talking about those things. If she's not, trust me, that conversation is never going to go there. But don't you be the one to lead because this is the way most men get dissed by women. Leading with sex. It's just like her trying to lead with asking you where do you work and how much money you make. It's an intrusive question. Don't go there. And ladies, don't go there with him asking about how much money he makes. The only thing you want to know is his occupation. And usually he'll be in a geographical location where he works. You can go on salary.com and get an estimate of what he should be making in that wage range. Let him tell you all of those things as you go along. Eventually, he'll tell you after you guys meet and that kind of thing. Now, another thing, too. Some of you ladies wind up being very critical on the video chats. You start talking about, oh, you need to cut your hair. Oh, you need to trim your mustache. Wait until you meet him in person and tell him these things after you guys have built a rapport. And the way you tell him is, you know, I like a man that's clean shaven. Or I like a man with a well-trimmed beard. 
you implying what you like and you're hoping to see whether or not he does that and if he does do that that's a compromise that he's made for you that's your personal compromise no other woman asked him to do that but you and he's trying to show some sort of reciprocity for your interests by doing that now other things that will occur take for instance you guys are talking and you guys decide on going to a restaurant that's local where the two of you can meet for the first time let him know ladies that you're driving and you'll be there on your own um, transportation even if he offers to pick you up turn it down on the first date but you do it in a nice way well you know I might have to do something afterwards I might have to go see my sister or I might have to go do something in the morning so I want to have my transportation now here are some rules that you should abide by the first night no sex that means no going over to his place none of him coming to your place at this point you guys are going to meet in a well-lit mutually acceptable location preferably a coffee shop ice cream parlor pizza parlor somewhere where it's not too much ambiance where the two of you can talk you might want to even meet at a bookstore like Barnes and Noble or somewhere where the two of you can grab a good book and talk about some of the aspects of the book you've read and exchange of information and knowledge because see at this point what you're doing on that first date fellas you're trying to stimulate her intellect you got to get through to a woman's mind then her emotions and then her sexuality or but it has to go in those steps see the woman that is not stimulated by you intellectually she's not going to have a second date with you because that's the first thing that she has to make sure that is satisfied he has to stimulate me mentally I like him physically but he has to stimulate me mentally and then on the second date she'll be looking for more romantic interlude in other words where she starts talking more about things you like and that kind of thing and she might hold your hand at that point or something of that sort she may even do it on the first date but usually they will do it at the end of the first date with a hug or a kiss or maybe even a handshake in some cases but leave it to her to mention the second date and you can ask her at the end of the date hey I hope you had a wonderful time tonight and she says you know I had a great time I don't want it to end at that point you know you guys can decide on something but here's the thing I would recommend fellas and ladies the first date should be no longer than 90 minutes here's why and I always tell you this statistically someone will reveal something if the date is longer on the first date that they may not want to reveal at that time so give yourself a second date if everything's going well because the second date can really expound from the first date 
Fellas, on a second date, she's looking for that emotional connection with you, that emotional affair, that chemistry. See, when they talk about chemistry in the initial date, what that means is that she was stimulated by you to a certain degree, but if you didn't stimulate her enough for a second date, she's not going to want a second date with you. That's the way it goes. Okay, yeah, intellectually, we may be here, or you may not even be there intellectually. You guys may be diametrically opposed. She's not going to go forward with the emotional aspect of it because the intellectual aspect is missing. So you're done. You'll be put in the friendship category very quickly. So just remember that. More in a moment. Okay, let's talk about topics of conversation to avoid and those to embellish on. You want to stay away from sex, guys. You want to stay away from money, ladies. You're only concerned about what he does as an occupation. And you can go to your own due diligence to find out more about that. Fellas, you don't want to start talking about sex with her. The minute you start doing that, especially when you first initially meet on video chat or audio chat, you don't want to get into that, or even texting. You want it to be a situation where she starts the initial conversation about sex. Ladies, let him start the initial conversation about his money or about the job. A narcissist will always bring up his job, his title, his money. Understand that. Fellas, a loose woman is going to lead with sex. That's the way it goes. Now, if she starts talking about the man has to make a certain amount of money, this kind of thing, that's a red flag for you. Ladies, if he starts talking about sex, tell him, yeah, you know, I'd love to see you in a nice, sexy dress. Red flag for you. Now, what you can do, guys, is compliment her on the way she looks now. When you see her on the video chat. Ladies, same thing. Call him handsome if he's handsome. These things help him along the way. Because he's nervous. He's wanting to see whether he's measuring up to you. You're wanting to see whether you measure up to him. Ladies, stay away from the uh, the self-deprecating humor. Don't put yourself down. Because you got to remember, he's interested in you. Let your girlfriends talk about how fat you are, talk about how your boobs sack or whatever. Don't say that to him. He already sees this. You're going to blow the moment for him too. Because if he starts looking at you with a critical eye physically, he can talk himself out of being with you. Don't allow that to happen. Put your self-esteem under your feet at that point. Your low self-esteem. Put that under your feet. Now... Another thing that some of you ladies do, please don't do it with these guys when you're initially meeting them for video chat or don't start talking about bills. Don't talk about how hard it is for you to make it. Guys don't want to hear that. And guys, you know not to talk to women about that. If you ever want to turn a woman off, tell her how poor you are. Trust me. (laughs) She's not going to hang around. So, You want to keep it at a level playing field. 
don't say anything you cannot back up physically. I'm telling you that now, both sides. Everything you tell them has to be factual. They will check you, they will fact check you on a lot of things. Don't go out there coming with conspiracy theories or things you heard from someone else. She only wants to hear the facts. I'm telling you guys, don't bullshit them. Same thing with you ladies. Be factual. Be honest, be truthful. Now, other things that are definite no-nos. Don't get into an argument about religion or politics. You may have different views. She may say something like Trump was the greatest president in the world. And you may say, oh, he sucks. Don't say that. Just let her have her opinion on that. Because what that is, that's one area that you guys probably won't agree on that you would need to work on if you were a couple. And you have to look at the things that where you guys measure up and where you guys don't. And what you could do is have a little list, a little legal pad there, and as you're writing down those things, you're seeing the good, you're seeing the questions, and you're seeing the things that you would need to work on for your compatibility. Now, when it comes down to scheduling the date, make sure she has input. Fellas, don't just tell her where you're going to go. Just say, hey, look, uh, I hear you like Italian food. I know this great Italian restaurant at so-and-so and so-and-so. Tell her the name of it. Tell her the address. Let her go and take a look at the menu and go to the website. Because, see, this is something you can work on together. This will be your first project together, determining where you would like to go out. And by you making the suggestion and she's taking a look at it, she can say, you know what? I like their food, but I've eaten there a couple of times and I didn't like the service. What about this restaurant? And then you go and check it out and say, okay, well, how's the service? Oh, the service is great. How's the food? Oh, the food is wonderful. Let's go there then. My treat. What you've done at this point, you built her confidence in your judgment. You're letting her know that you trust her and her judgment. And with that, she takes that to heart because a lot of guys know their ego going to get in the way. Oh, hell no. We're going here. Because I like it and I know the owner and I know this and I know that. Don't do that. Don't go bragging. Now, a pre-stage date, what is that? Take for instance, you guys agree on the restaurant. It doesn't hurt to go there maybe a few days before the date. Familiarize yourself with the waitress, the maitre d', all those people. Get their first names. Find out what their shifts are. Why is this? It'll make you look more impressionable when you come there and you're knowledgeable and the people know you. And even though she's gone to that restaurant before, it makes her feel as though, hey, you know, he really took time out to do his due diligence here. And so with that, what happens then, it makes it a better fit for you. It really helps you out a lot as far as that because a woman is impressed when you have taken the initiative and you've done these things behind the scenes because like I would go to restaurants in Los Angeles and before I would take the woman out on a date there I was familiar with the waiter the manager the maitre d' those kind of things and I would go there maybe two or three days prior to the date at the same time that we would have the date 
to make sure that the same crew was there. So you knew that Margie was the waitress. Well, Margie knew she was going to get a tip from you. So in that way, guess what? You're going to have pretty good service. And it would look like you have orchestrated everything for her. Because it's one thing you have to do. One thing I always do with a woman when I take her out on a date. I say, you know, she's beautiful. You look wonderful. Guess what? Tonight is your night. You know, with women, when are they told their day is their day? Only wedding day, right? When a woman is acknowledged that this is her night, it's about her. She's on the pedestal at that time. It makes her feel special. Again, it makes her feel comfortable, reassured. Because see, you have to remember, women go through a lot. Other women tell them they're fat or whatever, and then they're worried about how they appear to men. But when you give them that affirmation, that helps them go along a lot better. They open up a lot easier to talk to you about certain things, to let you know about themselves. Now, another clue, fellas. And I know some of you guys don't like this. If she chooses to order something and says, yeah, we'll just get the flatter and we'll eat together. That is a that is a good thing. When she does that, that means she wants to be close to you. She wants to share from the same plate as you. She wants to be in proximity of you. She wants to sit by you. That means she doesn't want to sit on the other side of the table. She wants to sit next to you. She wants to be close to you. She wants to smell your cologne. She wants to feel your presence. And again, let her be the one to initially touch you. She may crack a joke and put her hand over your arm or put her hand over yours. And when she looks into your eyes, that's when you know the chemistry's there. She's happy, she's smiling, she's looking in your eyes. And usually what women will always ask you when they give you that look, tell me, what are you thinking? Now, fellas, don't get carried away and talk about, oh, I just want to bend you over. None of that. Just tell her, you you look beautiful. And I'm just the happiest guy in the world to be with you right now. You're not blowing smoke off her ass because you're spending money on her. You're spending time with her. And there's a lot of other things you could have been doing besides being with her. Women appreciate that. Because what that means is that they are the center of attention. When it comes to you for that night. Don't go perusing around looking at other women, that kind of thing. You're focused on her. Now, with this kind of connection, she's going to still be at that cerebral stage talking to you about certain things. Maybe about the Ukraine and your opinions on things like that. It's okay to give her your opinion. Now, Here's the thing you have to understand. When she speaks, listen. And interact with her. Respond to her questions. Don't ignore them. Don't over-talk her. Just take your time and interact. And as she does, as you do this, she will feel as though, well, damn, you know, he's listening to me. 
That's a good quality. Women love that quality in a man. You listen to her. You give her a response. She may even have a situation she's dealing with at work that she wants to talk to you about. I had a woman one time, the conservative woman I was talking about that looked like she was a racist but wasn't. She had a problem with an employee that worked for her. And from what she described, this guy was a jackass. And what she had to do basically was try to figure out a way to have him do certain tasks that was part of his job that he would always drag his feet on. And I told her, I said, I asked her, I said, have you tried incentives? She says, yes, we tried bonuses and everything, but it's like once this guy gets to a certain point during a certain part of the month, his sales will drop off because he would just start going home early and taking off. And I said, well, what you do is this, raise the bar for his performance. And she said, what do you mean? I said, in essence, he's thinking he's doing something adequate within the first 15 days of the month. What you do is you mid-load the incentive for him. Instead of him trying to reach his quota in sales or marketing in the first half of the month, have it was stretched out over the whole period of the month. So whereas if he comes up short at any portion in that period, he has to be held accountable. What he's going to start doing then is realizing that he's going to have to be more accountable for more of the time that he's there. Because right now he thinks that, hey, I could just go through the first 15 days, knock out my quota, and I'm, I'm okay. Well, what she did eventually, she tried that with him and increased his productivity by 25%. Because what happened with her approach, instead of coming in with that command type of disposition, she came in with the situation to explain to him how he could benefit over the long term in that month as opposed to just trying to go for the 15 uh, days where other salesmen were outperforming him. And he wound up later being the salesman of the month can happen and your input can help them in so many ways on that because once a woman realizes that you're there and you're putting in your input and she's listening and as well she's commenting it's like it lets her know that hey I care because we got to look at it we're the richest nation in the world at least by American standards right even though we are horrible in GDP compared to other countries that are smaller. But what we have to look at also is the fact that by doing this, you're not only helping her as far as bringing the relationship closer between the two of you, you're also helping her from the standpoint of helping her in a non-relationship, non-romantic position with her career. That helps with her support mechanism because that's what she's looking for. She's looking for that pat on the shoulder and not a patronizing pat, but a genuine one. And when she sees this, then it gives her the incentive to go and help you. 
and this is the growth process in a relationship. And the two of you will grow together from that. You know, it's funny, I had a friend of mine years ago, he could not balance his checkbook or anything. I mean, this dude would have credit card bills, and he would always say, man, I, uh, I just have to go and get another credit card. Cause I, and so finally he got a girlfriend. And his girlfriend sat him down one day, and she said, look, she says, uh, you can help me with my IT side of things, because I don't know how to set up my office with computers and everything. In turn, I'll help you come up with a budget where you can balance your budget. And they were able to work together. They went on and eventually got married, and they're still married to this day, and I think they have three kids together. Well, they're grown now. But this is what it takes. Use the basic skills that God gave you. Listening. Consideration. Courtesy. Kindness. And more so than anything, love. And remember, fellas, the first date is crucial. She's looking to be uh, cerebrally stimulated. You don't have to go in there and repeat the whole Encyclopedia Britannica. But she's expecting an engaging conversation on topics that she may bring up. And if you don't know anything about it, hey, you know what? I'm kind of lacking in that area. Please educate me. Again, what have you done? You've made her the center of attention. This is one thing women love. And by you doing this, you're learning from her, and then she could learn from you on other things. And you build that foundation. I had a lady one time tell me in midday, we were talking, conversation was going great. And she says, Well, on our next day, it's my treat, and we're going here. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to engage you just like you did me tonight. And the second date was very romantic. We went on a gondola ride over in Venice Beach. That was really nice back then. I don't think they still do it now, but back then it was pretty cool. And it was very romantic. And she did all the holding and cuddling. And when she let me know it was okay, I held and cuddled and kissed her too. But that's the thing. Because at that point, she's going forward. These are just things to help you. Thank you once again for listening, folks, and take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. 
The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.